put the kettle on. It's time for some F&T. Here's your host, Kirsten Gentle. Welcome to FTNA's F&T Time, a new podcast and video series aimed at keeping the industry connected and updated. Welcome to the last episode of F&T Time for 2022. We'd like to thank everyone for their amazing feedback and also thank everyone that has joined us throughout the years and we will touch on them shortly. When I first said to Nikita that we wanted to start a podcast series, she looked at me like I was crazy. However, Nikita went out, found the equipment we needed, found the software that we needed and basically learned how to edit and produce the podcasts. I'd never recorded them either and it's been a bit of trial and error but I think that both of us have done a pretty good job throughout the year. We knew we wanted some sort of catchy intro so we wrote a quick script for the husband Scott and set him up for the intro. We thought a quick sentence was going to be really easy but he kept going off script, a lot of laughter, unfortunately a lot of tears, but we finally got there and I think the feedback's excellent. As some listeners have said, they absolutely love his gravelly intro. The first podcast was Riding the Ways with Tim Woods, which provided an overview of the current housing and timber forecasts. Tim does great work through his business industry edge with FTMA and this will continue into 2023. Next came an important update by Australian Forest Products Association CEO Ross Hampton, who spoke in the lead-up to the federal election on the importance of advocacy and policy development. And Ross, along with his team, absolutely secured some fantastic commitments in the lead-up to the election. Our third podcast was the most listened to for the season and was a special edition on the impact of conflict timber. This podcast featured Simon Dorries of Responsible Wood, Leon Quinn of Tilling Timber and Kurt Schrummel of Vida Australia. This episode had over 600 downloads and was, in my opinion, a turning point for F&T time. Initially, our aim was to release a new F&T Time podcast every fortnight, but the workload was simply too much for our small team of Nikita and I. But throughout the year, we released 10 in total. The next podcast was on a lighter topic as we interviewed the amazing Jim Sheeney and his granddaughter Nikita Burke of West Trust, discussing the Clive Martella Service to Industry Award. Jim, a past recipient of the award, talked about what it meant to him to win the award as we talked about his 50 years in the industry. A few of the podcasts were very emotional to record, such as a special edition of the ripple effects of devastating floods with Mark and David Sly from Sly Brothers in Woodburn. Mark and David's business, which had stood at the same site for 90 years, was inundated when floodwaters rose to record levels. In good news, Mark and David and their amazing team have rebuilt and are back manufacturing quality timber frames and trusses, and our beautiful FTMA family and sector helped raise funds for a GoFundMe page for the workers who's lost everything in their homes. We truly thank you for your support. The next episode focused back on politics with holding governments to account with Timber Queensland's Mick Stevens. Mick, who's no stranger to the airways, talked about the importance of ensuring governments kept their promises, such as the promise to remove the water rule for plantations. Mick has done an outstanding job on behalf of the industry for this and I'd like to thank him for his great work. In August, we recorded Be a Proud Carbon Warrior with Nikita and I. As you all know, we are very proud Carbon Warriors and we've loved watching this program grow throughout the year. It's only been going for a year and we look forward to continuing this work in 2023 and we believe it's a program that's going to get bigger and bigger. In September, we recorded The Importance of a Simple Conversation with Dean and Tammy Kidd. This was another extremely hard topic to cover, but such an important one. Dean and Tammy talked about the loss of their son, Jackson, and the importance of the RUOK message which was shared throughout the whole membership. 
October is National Safety Month, which was the perfect time to talk to Tony Kirkup from AKD Softwoods on how to make safety personal. Tony was recognised for her outstanding contribution to safety by, by being awarded the 2021 Innovation in Health and Safety Award of Excellence by AFPA. Tony provided some great tips for members on how to make safety personal in the workplace, which we shared with all our members. In November, we interviewed the amazing Joe Mason from Workhaven, titled Providing a Supportive Workhaven. Joe has worked with FTMA to produce a brilliant domestic family violence policy, which is provided to members for free, along with a heap of other resources, and it helps you as small businesses meet the new federal government's IR laws. The last podcast released a few weeks ago was titled Turning Stress into a Superpower, when I interviewed author Luke Mathers. Luke, who spoke at our national conference, also wrote the book Stress Teflon, which was provided to all of our members this year as their motivational book. And his podcast was used as a way to give tips on how members could reduce their stress, especially in the lead up to Christmas after such a busy year. To wrap up the season, we thought it was a great opportunity to interview our outgoing chair, Jamie Dalson, and welcome our new chair, Aaron Hillman. Jamie and Aaron have been very active and supportive board members, as have all the board members, and I truly thank them all for their outstanding contributions to our association over the years. Please welcome Jamie and Aaron. So today we've got our outgoing chair, Jamie Dalson, and our new chair, Aaron Hillman. So before we get started, gentlemen, how do you have your F&T? Jamie? Uh, that would be a double shot ca- uh, cappuccino, Kirsten. <laughs> Not a tea man, <laughs> what sorry. you, Aaron? <laughs> Yes, extra coffee and hold the tea bag. <laughs> yeah. So amount of people that kind of, when we started, people just automatically thought that F&T was me swearing and it was like, no, it's frame and trust, but we, we thought we'd go with that one. So, Jamie, you joined the board back in 2017 um, or 16. What was your favourite moment? Is there a favourite moment on the board? Oh, you know, I, I hate these sort of questions because – you're trying to distill five years or whatever down into you know into single moments. Um, I'll start with t- this, the two bookends. I like to call it. So, um, my very first moment or first memory, I suppose, of being on the board was the big red button. <laughs> I don't <laughs> need to say any more about that. We'll leave that one alone. <laughs> but you you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and then the other end, the other bookend moment, I suppose, the other end for me was just uh, our last strategy session, and the um, just the the satisfaction and pride that I felt in the in the room in actually um, nailing all of that. But if I had to pick, if I tried to pick something that sort of I, as I could find it that would best encapsulate, you know, the last five years would would probably be the conference that we had just pre-COVID and I remember you calling me in a bit of a panic realising that I'm going to have to cut off the numbers. We've we've got to 250 or whatever it was, 260, and we can't take any more. Um, and previously, I don't know what it was, something like 130 140 or whatever. And to me, that was just the perfect reflection of you know the the member engagement that has had a sort of grown since we you know restruck a few things and yeah I just think that one particular moment encapsulates uh, encapsulates where the, the journey we've been on yeah and and Aaron it took a bit longer for Trustcorp to come on as a member what was the barrier that stopped you from coming on earlier and do you believe it's been beneficial and worth it for Trustcorp joining look back in sort of that similar time that that. Jamie joined, uh, I believe it wasn't long after that you guys went to a full fabricator board. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That certainly changed our view on how that organisation looked and, and what you were all focused on. 
Um, and I guess not long thereafter, the, the interest started to spread across the eastern seaboard. So it, here in Queensland, we always had a view that the FTMA was a Victorian organisation. Um, and I think from the, the latest membership numbers, that, that clearly that's changed rapidly uh, over the last four to five years. So th- they were the two key drivers for us to, to really decide to get involved um, and see some of the work that the FTMA was doing uh, was, was great to see. I think, you know, the benefits for us being a member of, of being considerable, every, all the work that you did during COVID was just uh, phenomenal as far as the information that came through, how quickly, times of day, first out of the blocks every time. So lots of those sorts of items, but really the networking, uh, to be able to talk to other members about what's happening, what they're seeing, how they're feeling about things uh, has just been, yeah, something that's not been available to us prior. So Fantastic. So a few weeks ago, we all came together, as Jamie just mentioned there, um, up in Hillsville to review the strategic plan. And we've done it for four years. What are you most excited about with the future, with our strategic plan, starting with you, Jamie? <laughs> well, I get to, I get to answer the, the very first one that I think the entire board put up there as their number one priority. And um, that would have to be the Carbon Warrior program and lovely t-shirt too that you're wearing at the moment, Kirst. Always do. Um, yeah, you know, we've, we've struggled with this for so long that the, the you know, the, the, the timber framing industry has just been the timber framing industry. We're just there. We just do our thing. We've had, you know, other other players in our industry trying to take the, the moral high ground. And I just think it's such a fantastic program to finally give us the opportunity to, you know, to put our industry forward and show that it's actually, you know, a true sort of, you know, sustainable and renewable product. And it's been like that for, you know, for decades and decades, well, actually since man started building homes and we've just completely, you know, missed and forgotten the, um, you know, the actual benefits in building in timber in the first place. So, yeah, the Carbon Warrior was, um, program is just the, yeah, top of the list for me there. The advocacy side of things, like you know, Kirsten, you've you know, that's obviously always been one of your um, one of your strong points. Um, passions too. Your passions, yes, or your tenacity, your connections, your networking, and everything that you use to to drive you know, advocacy for the um, the organisation. You know, we've had to really rely on that. But what's been really pleasing is now that we've got you know we've had a few of our um, our member surveys come through. We're starting to you know set up some programs to actually collect you know some more um, you know some more data and everything on our industry. That finally you're actually starting to get you know some statistics and information to actually back up everything that you're saying. And we just all know how much politicians love stats. The minute you start throwing that out there, their their eyes light up and they've got something that they can hang on to because they don't understand anything other than numbers. So that part of it's been. Um, a good one, and also the the last part for me is probably the training side of things. You know, that's it's something that we've we've struggled to deliver for for years. It requires a lot of time and effort and support and money and the likes. Um, we we as an industry, we actually we actually I think we're far more complex than what people give us. You know, uh, sort of due justice for not realizing the you know what's required in that whole detailing and engineering space. Um, and we've sort of desperately needed to generate some sort of you know pathways or whatever to you know to attract talent into into our industry so the whole um 
that whole you know training aspect is something that I'm yeah sort of really keen to really keen to see come through, and and hopefully that you know it starts to slow down what I call some of the the brain drain that we see you know going overseas, and that's not just in our industry; that's sort of happening everywhere. And I think you know for this country we've got to we've got to stop that. We've got to do something and start bringing the you know the the intellectual property back into the back into the country again. So they're they're probably my three top ones. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say I agree, especially with our census results showing that 39% of all fabricators use offshore estimating and 19% of fabricators are using the offshore detailing, which surprised me. And even though the offshore businesses have done a fantastic job, you know, filling that gap, it is important that we get, you know, quality designers in inside everyone's business. And so I too am looking forward to, because that's one area I feel that I haven't been able to deliver for members, so I'm looking forward to the training. So there's definitely there's definitely a role there for for you know for both um, both mechanisms for delivering you know detailing and estimating. But I yeah I'm just concerned that if we don't put something in place here, we're going to you know we're going to have this aging population of detailers that slowly wind out of our industry, and all we've got left are um, uh, yeah overseas providers, um, and that's not a healthy state to be in. No, it's not. So, Aaron, out of you with the strategic plan, what what's something that you're looking forward to in 2023 besides being the chair? <laughs> Look, it was it was a great couple of days. It, it always is when we can get together and and really talk about uh, take some time to talk about the, the planning for the future rather than than dealing with the the fires of today, which we all get into the habit of. The, the big takeaway from me out of those couple of days was just how much uh, we've got on the radar for the next little period. It, it is an incredible list when you run through, as Jamie touched on with Carbon Warrior, uh, through to the training programs, through to HR support, through to safety videos and conference coming up. I know you were talking about uh, some state seminars in yep. the near future. You know, it, it really is quite mind boggling to think, for those that don't know, obviously the, the board is here in a position to support uh, yourself through a lot of this but all the heavy lifting is done by yourself and Nikita and it's just incredible to see what what you can get through uh, and what your appetite is to, to keep pushing at that level uh, you know we obviously talk multiple times a week and the phone calls of I'm in Canberra I was at a dinner last night <laughs> talking the PM through to I'm visiting a trust plant this morning to talk about the skills training program for disabled workers you know that the spread uh, that we're involved in is just incredible. It, it does amaze me. I think it was two days ago. I think I had about eight different topics during the day that I was jumping between while I was trying to prepare board papers because members were coming. And it's just, I think that's the role. And and I find those strategic planning sessions and in our board meetings when we get together, I just find them as such, um, it's like taking a Barocca really because you just get so enthused and like, <laughs> yes, we're going to do this. And, and bringing all our partners together, I think the contribution from our partners at those meetings... I'm not sure about you two, but I thought their input was fantastic. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's always great to get full representation in the room in these discussions uh, so that we can and understand yeah, from everyone's point of view. Obviously, we're a fabricator board, uh, but our partners and sponsors are hugely important to us getting that, that link right too between fabricator and the supply chain. Yep, totally yeah. agree. And Kirsten, this, and, you know, I, I know I sort of made – my thoughts loud and clear at, at that session too that for me I think you know I, I just know in working with a lot of our strategic partners you know elsewhere in the industry that um, they do get tapped on the shoulder a lot and 
I've always wanted to ensure that whatever the FTMA you know asks you know for for support that that these um, these partners actually see the value that's being generated from um, from that support. And to me, that's always just been one of the key things that and you know keeping that laser focus on all these is that that massive multitude of work that we've got to get through. It's just keeping a laser focus on all of that 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 we are ensuring to deliver you know value to the members, but also then value back to also our our strategic partners and sponsors because you know without them <laughs> we we would be still back in a little boardroom with a red button somewhere. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. So look, thank you both for coming, um, Jamie. Honestly, your leadership over the last five years has been absolutely brilliant. And when you came on, as we discussed at a board meeting, it was like, okay, what sucker are we going to elect as chair today <laughs> at the start of every board meeting? And everyone would look down. Time to vote a chair and everyone's heads go down. But you took on the role um, and you did a fantastic job over the five years. And I think it, you were exactly where we needed you at the time. And we truly thank you for everything you've done. And, you know, as as refreshing, it's, it's fantastic, as I said again yesterday, our board has provided that stability. So over the last five years, um, you know, three years in particular, we've really had that stability in the board that we've been able to achieve something. So on behalf of our members, thank you very much for all the time and effort you've put into the association. We truly, truly appreciate it. No worries. Thanks very much, Kirsten. It's been it's been a fascinating journey for myself too, as we were, you know, just talking before the you know, the podcast. I said there's so many things that I've done through the FTMA, such as doing a podcast, um, that I've never ever done before. So, you know, there have been, you know, so many opportunities for myself as well to, you know, to learn and, and develop and grow. Um, and look, I, you know, I, I sometimes I, I do giggle sometimes. I go, yeah, I could just always see often the engineer coming out in me. You know, engineers, <laughs> we like to build things, we like to, you know, fix things up and that was probably one of my very early drivers, just looking at the FTMA, realizing the value, what you know, what we should be able to do and deliver, and um, and that's you know, that's all really that we had to do, just give you a bit of bit of guidance, bit of focus, bit of direction, a bit of you know, um, stability around support, and Jesus Christ, you've done all the rest of it. <laughs> We've just sat back and let you go. <laughs> <laughs> No, and, and Aaron, as I said, thanks for coming up and, and putting your hand up or being, you know, I don't know whether it was putting his hand up, Jamie, or being forced, but no, he wasn't forced. the whole board has confidence <laughs> yes. in you. And and this is a, a record moment for us because it is the first time that FTMA has had a chair based outside of Victoria. We've only really had two two permanent chairs, chairs, which was Peter Wines and Jane. So we are really pleased to have a Queensland chair where we do have 50% representation of the industry up there. So we do look forward to continuing to grow that um, membership and, and for your support, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Kirsten. Look, I'm incredibly honoured to, to get the vote of the board. Just reiterate your point as from the board and the members, a huge thanks to Jamie for the work he's done over the last five years. I know it can be like herding cats at some times when we get together and all want to talk about six different topics at once. Uh, so no, he's done an incredible job uh, in supporting you and, and keeping us all on, on track. So I'm really looking forward to the next period. As I say, there's so much on the agenda, so much to be excited about to push forward. And I think, you know, it'll be a huge benefit to the industry and to the members as we continue to grow and keep some of the momentum. No worries. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. I hope you have a great um, Christmas break and um, I look forward to talking to you both again in 2023 as we continue to grow our membership from 54% and and aim for that 60% by the end of the next year is for my target. So, yeah, let's see how we go. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, Kirsten. No worries. Thanks, Kirsten. Merry Christmas to all of you out there too. 
As Jamie and Aaron mentioned, FTMA has huge things planned for 2023. We've just completed our sponsorship review, which includes changing sponsors to partners and have created our three-year plan, which we are asking partners to sign up to. In 2023, we will be launching our new HR platform for members. Tim Woods of Industry Edge will produce an Australian house framing and fabrication review and outlook, as well as ongoing quarterly frame and trust sector outlooks, providing fabricators and suppliers with much-needed information on our sector. We will continue to lobby for policy changes which recognise the role Timber plays in addressing our climate crisis and we will also begin educating builders about these policies and why timber should be their preferred choice. We will be putting our timber systems designer training short course online and we hope to engage a trainer to work with fabricators and agencies such as the field to increase recruitment within our industry. To help attract people to the sector, we'll be mapping all the jobs in our sector and creating quality job descriptions and advertisements for members to use, ensuring the right language is used to attract people. We'll be creating an FTMA strategic technical committee, which will be chaired by Alistair Woodard and will help advance markets such as the mid-rise timber cassettes and other timber products. We're also investigating into the Timber Waste Program, which looks at the circular economy and ways of reducing the costs for fabricators associated with timber waste. We are also the research partners for Wood Solutions Resilient Timber Homes Program, which will be exploring home designs to avoid flood and fire damage. Our next national conference is 2024. However, next year, we will also be running state seminars throughout the country. These are the new programs which we will be investing in over the next three years, which will see continued support for fabricators whilst we continue to grow our markets. As we wrap up season one of F&T Time, we encourage you to let us know of subjects and or people that you would like to see us interview and feature in F&T Time in 2023. Once again, thanks for listening. We do look forward to an exciting season of F&T Time in 2023 and a lot of work. So we hope you have a wonderful Christmas, a safe and joyous new year with family and friends. And we truly hope you recharge those batteries ready for another busy year. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.